Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. Host Green Diva Meg and co-host Green Diva Mizar share resources and ideas as they explore fun and low-stress ways to live a deeper shade of green. And now, your host, Green Diva Meg. Yay! Welcome to the Green Divas Radio Show. How is everybody today? I know you can't answer, but I'm hoping it's great because this week we started the last six months of the year, which means we have a whole summer in front of us. And it is 4th of July, Independence Day and all that hoo-ha. Yeah. So, you know, you're out there partying and barbecuing and we're going to talk about that. Yeah. Right? We're going to talk a little bit today about um, how to have a healthy, greener, sustainable, yummy, fun barbecue. Right. Sense? Whether it's whether it's tonight or today or any weekend or whatever vacation spot you are in all summer long. Well, that's the thing. You know, we're just going to talk about because it sort of kicks off the whole barbecue picnic season. True. And I've just got back a couple of days ago from Detroit. Mm-hmm. We had uh, I was up. I'm kind of bummed out because Mizar didn't go with me this time. I couldn't. She was in Toronto being had... stepmama. I was. Yeah. Stepmom. And she was picking mulberries and stuff. Oh, we'll get to that later. Yeah. Uh, I know. So um, I went by myself, <gasps> but, but I survived. And, you know, a lot of the players were out there. Seth was out there, our friend Seth Lightman, who's going to call in later in the show. You'll hear from him and his green dude report. Um, because he's a little bit, you know, he's a guy. He's got a different take on... Plus, he's an expert. Yeah, he's you know, really he an has expert on really, electric He's got cars. the knowledge uh, that, that he has accumulated over a course of several years. So, you know, that he brings that to the table. I mean, I've been, I'm, I think I'm older than him, and I've been driving longer, but he really is an electrical vehicle, green dude kind of guy. Here's know? what really sets and him And he's an author. Too. Yeah. Yeah. Can you build a green car? No, I'm a See? little bit better And about he that. can do that. Yeah. He can build oh. an electric car. Good for him. You know what? That should be a great project we should undertake. Wouldn't that be a blast? A green diva. Oh. Uh, I got to come up with some alliteration It'd there. It'd be like purple and pink and really fun. Oh, you put funky wall, like flower power. <laughs> oh, let me tell stuff you. on there. <laughs> so uh, of all the things that we did, and I got to finally drive a few cars on the big test track. Uh, now track I'm really jealous. In Detroit. I drove three different cars. And then we got to race. There was a little racing thing. Not with other. You only, you only raced your own time. You know, there were not. a simulator. No. No? I was on a track trying to beat, you know, whatever the time was. They didn't have you running simultaneously. You each had your I would have been a fiend. Well, they used to call me Mario Mag, seriously, (laughs) because I had a very lead, and a very good lead foot. And they used to call me Mies Racer. Really? (laughs) Speed Racer, Mies Racer. That's pretty funny. So anyway, they had us out, and we were playing, get this, and I have pictures of this, of us playing fiesta soccer with a giant soccer ball a huge soccer net and you and you had to play in reverse so you had a little fiesta car and you had to drive in reverse in this little s thing and hit the soccer ball into the net with the car what if you crash the cars well there's a girl over there behind you holding the thing and i'm like really does she loving her job like how often does she have to run like for her life her medical insurance rates must be through the roof it was i have pictures it's very hysterical okay and, and it wasn't simple. It wasn't like you just reverse straight. They had a little S course, <laughs> and you had to reverse because they were trying to get you to check out their very cool um, reverse 
camera with the guides. Yes, that's right. That's never, right. And I never use one. I, I'm very good with my mirrors. I could drive an S course backwards with my mirrors. Me too. But the guy said, don't do that. Look into that. And I'm like, no, no, no. Into and, the rear view mirror. Yeah, I'm not used to, no, into the, the screen with the, screen the camera. The screen that has the rear view camera. That's yeah, what I meant, the I, rear view camera. I've never had one of those. Did they block off? They should have blocked off the side mirrors. Black they should them have. Out. Because cause it, I, I would got, have cheated. My first time I got confused because I really wanted to use my mirrors and he was yelling like, no, no, no. And I'm like, <laughs> so, so this Detroit show was basically about the future of technology well, in they cars, call it further business. forward and connect forward. There was a lot of different kind of hashtags and titles, but yeah. it's called further forward, go further forward. And it is all about design innovation. And they are very big on designing sustainability into their innovation, whether it's the materials. Um, and they do have a lot more materials that they are using that are renewable resources and exploring, or recycled. From what I understand, yeah, they're and exploring. They're ex yes, they have. Well, they have, uh, you know, tremendous amount of research going on. And we did get to go. We mentioned simulator before. Yeah. We did get to go into. They have a simulator, which is more about, you know, driving uh, techniques, um, safety. And when, when they're testing products like the rear view thing, they want to see how people react to yeah. different messages on their dashboard. And, and, they, and, they, and the, the simulator actually is this huge, huge like mushroom on, on these pressurized. Um, like hydraulic yes, things? Yes, hydraulic, hydraulic things. So they could, they could dip the thing. They could turn it sideways to give the driver in the thing the experience that you were slamming on the brakes or you were you know, uh, turning to the right. Dang, I can't it, believe I missed this. And we didn't get to use it. We got to observe oh, it. Oh, shoot. We got to go in it okay. and see, and it's got 360 yeah. view, huge. Like um, an IMAX theater. Theater, yeah, yeah, theater experience. So that, yeah, and it, they've got road running, road, in the, but, but it's like continual. They've got miles and miles and miles. And they've had ones where they run for three hours to see how sleepy people get. Oh, I would have right? failed that test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I get in the car and, and it's a, it's a battle for me to stay awake, even as a, not as a passenger. Right. As a driver, I'm better. So it was actually but. extremely interesting, but there were too many of us to get each of us into the cars. So they did a demonstration and we watched from the lab where you can see in a big thing, the thing moving up and down. Cool. But, and then you, we, we could see in um, displays what, what the driver was seeing. Very cool. So all those control knobs and panels yeah. and stuff, were they playing uh, Frank Sinatra in the background? No. Wait, you're supposed to say Frank Fly me exactly. to the moon. <laughs> Let me play, play among the stars. There you go. Let me see what spring it is It actually like. did flash through my head. Did it really? Well, obviously, because you caught yeah, on immediately. I, know, I, know. I was setting you up to I set know. me up for the joke. And I'm sorry, I kind of stole your thunder. You there. screwed me up there. Because we're you so did. psychic. I know, we are psychic. So, you that know, was very then, good, Meg. And then they had these amazing, this one had more seminars than I think we did. Yeah. Um, and Steve Wozniak. And I got to meet him and get a picture with him. I saw it. You posted it on Facebook. And one of our green sisters, Diane McAkern, who we interviewed before. Yes. She got into like an argument with him. Uh-oh. Yeah, that was, but it was a healthy debate. It's it was a interesting. feisty discussion. It I was, like that. Because she's, you know, got, she's got some great points. And he was kind of like, well, I don't know about this whole like, sustainability. I don't know what, you know. So what was he doing there? 
Oh, well, he was on the future side of it, I guess. Well, yeah. I mean, and he does believe in it. And I can't remember exactly what he said to set her off. And I was like, oh, here we go. Yeah, so, well, somebody should have put a video I, camera well, on I that. Did, I did get some photographs. I didn't get to capture all the content. But she was good. She was, And he's great, actually. You know, and... Um, so he was just one. And there was this guy, Seth Godin, who was like this amazing designer. Mm. Um, and there's a gal there. I can't remember her name off the top of my head who has a PR, very, very, very unique, innovative PR agency called Story. And they literally do like this interactive retail experiments, basically, in New York. And she was fantastic. Really, really inspiring. And then like, uh, you'll hear Seth talk about later um, John Vieira from Ford, who is their sort of sustainability. He's there. He's th- getting it now, isn't he? He really, I think he always has, but they're letting him really talk about it Good. and push the agenda Good. a little yeah. bit more. Yeah. And and it's very exciting for those of us that were there focused on um, the future know, sustainability. Of Ford and Ford, that's good. They, well, and, 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 and Bill Ford himself in, in the first opening, you know, messages at the dinner at the Henry Ford Museum, which was... Oh, again, we've been there. Yeah, yes, we've been there. Um, and he talked a lot about the need for this country as a whole to have an energy policy in place that allows for this kind of transition, for cars to be electric and to, to have a network um, that supports that kind of thing and that is healthier, more renewable resources. Oh, unbelievable, so. So it was really great to hear him as a leader in the corporate, you know, Fortune 500 world, you know, taking a stand and making yeah. this a priority. Good. Well, good. Somebody's got to do it. So for- you know, we need to, we need to, um, this is an argument I really don't want to get into, but our reliance on foreign fuel and oil and even on, on domestic, too much. And it's done yeah. too much damage. Yeah. So, so now let's talk. So thank you. And I'll write more about it. It'll be on the blog, thegreendivas.com. Mm-hmm. Shameless plug moment. But let's talk about you, where you were doing. Well, you've gone from like futuristic cars and I'm like picking mulberries like, yeah, a, but, like, a, like, a, like a gypsy out there in Toronto. You're Albanian gypsy. Um, that was funny. Yeah. yeah well, you know, it's, it's true. So I'm in Toronto and I'm really in the heart of the city. Actually, just north of the city, I think, is where it was. Northwest. And Antonio, my husband, uh, has a house there, and they have, uh, I had to look it up because I didn't know what it was in English. Can you believe that? I knew the name of the berry in Italian. Right, right. I said, oh, mulberries. Tree was full. They had three trees full of mulberries. Like in a public park? On the front yard. On a a busy street. Oh, okay. So so it wasn't like you went to like a public park? No, but they have them there too. Okay. Um. And in the backyard, he also had... Well, I'll tell you about the mulberries. So I decided I'm going to do something with these mulberries because that's what green divas do. Yeah, hey. I picked a ton, and they're, they're up there. I picked a ton, and I went in, and I, and I often make like a raspberry coulis or you know, like a syrup. And I thought, yeah. well, that cat's got to be easy. You're just going to simmer. Same principles, right? Same principle. Exactly right. You can take any coulis recipe. And you strain, and then you thicken, and then... You get the ice cream and the waffles and everything else, and you pour well, it over, and hello. Well, you did a beautiful post that made me very hungry. Because mm, we also did the mulberry pudding the pudding, bread. Pudding, pudding bread, bread cake, cake, pudding cake. Pudding cake, yes, Whatever. pudding cake. Anyway, yeah. Which you, is nothing like a pudding, by the way. Why they call it that, pudding, yeah. I don't well, know. Well, I'm glad that you um, 
did that post lots of pictures recipes and and it's and it's very exciting it is and and what's more exciting is what's actually kind of sad too the cherries were just ripening on the tree oh so we ate a couple that were off the bottom there the apricots will be a little bit later in the season but he's got those and a pear tree Nice. But the cherries were like so sweet and so really, good. and they don't spray them. Nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So you'd you feel know, good about it. Yeah, well, they are a little bit smoggy, I guess, if you're in a city. Anyway, then there's another place which I was so impressed, and I'm so darn mad at myself. But it was a, a gelato. You know, they have a very big oh, yeah. uh, Italian Amer- Italian Canadian community. Yeah, you up mentioned there. that too in your post. Well, yeah. I think that's where the fruit trees came from, is yeah. because they had all these immigrants come yeah. over there, and they were, and they said, "I don't care if it snows. I'm going to plant on my trees." Yeah, they have figs, they have grapes. Oh, I, I really want a fig tree. You have no idea how much in their backyards. Yeah, and they cure them and they tend them and whatever. So good for the. I don't hope I didn't offend anybody with my pseudo. Italian accent. You're half Italian or whatever, so you're allowed to. I'm entitled to make myself a very, very funny person. You sound like uh, Father Guido Sarducci. That's what it is. Uh, (laughs) Father Guido Sarducci. Okay. So anyway, um, we went to a gelateria, which is an ice cream shop. Italian ice cream is what he was making. And all of his sorbets in the front are vegan. Wow. Well, yeah, I mean, vegan, sure, why not? Easy, right? No eggs, no cream, nothing. Vegan. Yeah. And, of course, the ice creams are what they are. So I tried one, lime and coriander. See, that sounds really unique and lovely. Oh, my gosh. Lovely? I was like I think I'd like that. It was unbelievable. Yeah. Because coriander sort of likens itself to uh, cilantro Cilantro, a little bit. Cilantro, yeah. Oh, my gosh. It was so darn good. So then I... I, I said it out loud, and he said, thank you. And I said, are you the owner? Because, you know, I never met a person I didn't talk to. <laughs> right, you and Wayne. So um, it turns out he's from Italy, from Rome, and he knows some of the same people that Antonio knows because Antonio has supplied filters for a certain amount of coffee shops over there. Oh. And so he knows the owners of – so it's a small world, right? Yeah, it's a very it? small world. I mean, seriously, that's a small world. That's a small world. It's not like – Two different people in New Jersey that no. happen to know each other. Right. We're talking the world. Yeah. The world. So um, they got to talking, and, and he was in Italian, and we're just chit-chatting and everything, and he's telling me about this business, his ice cream business. He, he's pulling out ice creams. He goes, here, you got to taste this one. One uh, was called Caffè Caramelizzato, which is caramelized coffee. It was to die for. Ooh. It was like coffee and caramel and mocha. mocha. It was unbelievable. Yeah. So then he pulls out the next one and it's kind of white. And we actually saw the fennel, the, the anise. Oh, really? Yeah. Delicious. Licorice. No, I can't stand licorice. Very good. Can't stand it. Very good. The last one he had. If you like that sort of thing. Oh, I love it. Love it. I only eat the black jelly beans for a reason. Um, the last one he pulled out, he didn't tell us. And I said, well, it's like a savory base. It was pink and had these little green things on it. <laughs> little, little, you know, the kind that your kids want to pick out yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with their kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, I could not put my finger on it. But then again, I've been tasting so many others. Right. You know? Could not put my finger on it. Do you know it was tomato and basil? Wow. Gelato. Wow. Sorbet. It was out of this world. Yeah, see, I think I would like that. I really think oh I would go gosh. for that. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I love gazpacho, so. There you, know. you go. 
That's what it is. Like, exactly right. Frozen goes almost. <laughs> but, you know, I'm mad at myself for not taking pictures, but I think I'll do that. Uh, I'll, somehow I'll, I'll get some done. I'll, maybe I'll write another post. But he wants to come to New Jersey. So oh. I said, you know, put up the money. Yeah. I'll find the place for you. Booten. Hey. Our, hey, perfect. Oh, party oh, oh. on. <gasps> Green Diva idea. <laughs> We're inspired. Party on. <laughs> All right, kids. Stay tuned. We got lots more coming up. Welcome to Green Light with the original Green Diva, Megan McWilliams. Useful ideas for low-stress green living straight from the Fun Green Divas radio show. Buy organic cotton undies or any organic cotton clothing. Stay tuned to find out why. Hey, Meg, I have to get some presents. And, of course, I have to buy green. Got any ideas where to go? Yeah, buygreen.com is my favorite place to shop online for anything green. Here, check this out. Ooh, look at that great rating system. It's simple, clear, look at all the goodies. One-stop shopping for home or office. Ooh, wait, did you see that bag? Buygreen.com, a Green Diva's trusted source for great green shopping. Cotton covers 2.5% of the world's cultivated land and uses 25% of the world's insecticides, more than any other single major crop. The chemicals used in processing cotton pollute the air and surface waters. Pesticides used in the production of conventional cotton are highly toxic to farmers. You don't want these chemicals on your body, do you? Find fun organic undergarments at sites like wearpacked.com for fun, sexy organic undies for the Mr. and the Mrs. or hankypanky.com just for us green divas. To find out more about the Green Divas radio show and podcast, visit thegreendivas.com. Hi, I'm Jessica Alba from The Honest Company, and you are listening to Green Diva. Every Green Diva needs a sidekick. At the Green Divas radio show, they're called Green Dudes. Time now for a deeper shade of green from a guy's perspective. All right, we have Seth on the line. What's going on? So it's Seth Lightman, just in case I didn't, you know, say it before. Seth Lightman, green living guy. Yeah. Author and um, green car guy, whatever. Yeah, every time we introduce him, I want to go, tack it up, tack it up, buddy gonna shut you down. Because you're the the car dude. Well, you know, I got a few things, but uh, I'm an electric car expert, as they say, and a green living guru, so. I like it. Now. That's what I got to do. So you're calling us to do a Green Dude report because yeah. we were all just in Detroit last week. Check that. I was not in Detroit last I week. Sorry. I missed the party this time. Sorry. 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 But that's okay. We'll see you next time. You betcha. So, I mean, I've, I've talked a little bit about my highlights, but I want to hear, because you're much more technical and knowledgeable, I want to hear what you have to say about what you learned in Detroit. Well, there's a... You know, there's the basic conference and everything like that and the seminars, but I think there were two big takeaways for me from the trip. Uh, One in particular, as you recall, was the amount of questions that across the board that a lot of these reporters or bloggers had about electric cars. Yeah. Now, I've never seen that before. And as an electric car, you know, lover and, you know, author of Build Your Own Electric Vehicle, second and third edition, and then Build Your Own Plug-in Hybrid Electric Vehicle, it, it, it's, uh, it makes you feel 
good. It's gratifying, I would guess. And, and Bill Ford Jr. The way we did to get Bill Ford Jr. then say, you know, we need a national electric strategy, energy strategy, if we can do this right. Yeah. You need to have coordinated fast charging. Da, da, da. And it's, it just shows what I've been talking about. Yeah. Uh, which is that, you know, we, we... And it's so funny because they're so surprised, too, that, you know, any hybrid driver now wants a plug-in hybrid. Without a doubt. It's the natural progression. Yeah. I'm still waiting for that Fiat 500C E. e. The E. Yeah. The E. E. Yeah. E. But but now so it was very exciting. I was at that same dinner when 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 he talked about we need a national energy plan to help make this transition. It was right. a very profound moment, you know, and it's good. So yeah. wait, wait, can I just ask a question not having been there? He's basically proposing that they unify the way of doing it all car companies so that we all have sort of the same No. No. Meg's shaking her head. No, no, no I don't no, think so. No, what it, what, it, what it was was that um, after Alan Mulally was questioned multiple times on electric cars, even though he tried to hedge and do a bunch of things, and then Bill Ford was then asked about it, Bill Ford Jr. basically said that we, if you're going to do this right and you want electric cars, you need to have a comprehensive energy strategy that's going to incorporate electric charging stations and fast charging stations across the country. It's basically like saying, remember what Rocky did back in the day. <laughs> we got to do it again now for chargers. <laughs> Very good. Um, and it, it's the same. It, it, that's what really, like, took me. Um, now, we only have... Two big takeaways for me when it comes to electric cars that uh, shocked me. Okay, now we only have one minute left, and I do. We had some really interesting speakers at some of those seminars. Yes. Including Steve Jobs. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, wow. Wasn't it? Well, yeah, it you know, Wozniak. he probably really hates it when people do that, too. I, mean. <laughs> I, I bet he deplores it, but, you know, what I'm I, okay. I didn't get to really meet the guy too well, anyway. But. My bad. But I'm. At, I want to ask you what your what your 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 what was the most inspiring of those talks? Ah, it came from the most surprising of people once again. And and, and I'm not saying this just because I'm saying this because it was um, John Fiera, yeah. the sustainability director for Ford Motor Company. Yep. When asked at the pinch. What is your take for the future of greening yeah. and greentopia? I know where you're and going. He, and he said something that I've been talking, again, I've been talk, <laughs> talking about for years, which is when a car company makes, like, for example, as an example, uh, a car, you need aluminum or you need steel. And when you mine for that steel, you got to go through it, tons and tons of dirt. To maybe get some steel. Yeah. Some. Some. Well, if we went into our landfills and just started pulling stuff out yep. and dumping it in there. Brilliant. We could save, let me put it this way, you said it, we can save a lot of money. Yeah. No kidding. Which goes, again, not just to electric cars or cars 
or anything. That's a very holistic green statement. I agree. John Vieira was ex- was actually really encouraging and inspiring. And well, it shocked me because yeah. in years past yeah. he hasn't been. Yeah. I, I love him. He was forthcoming in that way. Yeah. But but he's and he was forthcoming that that which also made me pleased. It was almost like a mea culpa kind of yeah. kind of comment. Now we have to we have to wrap this up because we're running oh, over. I know. I told you. I know. You're just warming up too, so we'll do that, this again. Nice. Yeah, we'll do it again. But Seth, I have to tell you one thing. Yeah. I know what Megan's takeaway was. What was that? It was the Mustang golf cart. <laughs> oh God, Shelby, the Shelby golf cart. Darn yeah. thing was cute, man. Yeah. All right, I Seth. Got a, I got a really funny story, and I'll leave you with that, which is you know very nice towards Shelby. Was that the last car show that God rest his soul that he was at? Um, he had his announcement at the Javits Center of the new Shelby in the rotunda around the Javits before you go into yeah. the, the conference halls. Yeah. And um, right before he went in, I said I was wa- he was walking past me and my son and my two sons, and I said that's Mr. Shelby, the guy who made these great cars. He turned around. He took the time to shake my kid's hand. That is sweet. That is and nice. that's the last time he has pu- he publicly spoke oh. and passed away. Wow. And it was, like, just so wow. Yeah. Poignant. Very that poignant. Is cool. Very good. Well, we'll leave on that warm, fuzzy note. Yeah. Thank you for calling. We're going to have you back in a couple weeks. Don't you know I that. Know, There's I more know. fun but coming. You guys, you can warm me up, and then I'm like, I know. Bye. I know. <laughs> Isn't it mean? <laughs> We're just Green Diva teases. What can I say? Yeah, I know you're a bunch of divas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Seth. Talk to Have you a soon. Good one, ladies. Bye. Bye. Happy, uh, happy bye, day. Bye, happy bye weekend. Want more information on this Green Dude segment and other ideas for low stress green living? Go to thegreendivas.com. That's T H E, greendivas.com. Okay, welcome back. We're going to. Start partying for 4th of July. 4th of July and the weekend after that and every weekend, weekend until Labor Day. Yeah, so we thought, well, we're going to talk about a bunch of different ideas for the... <laughs> so I was messing with the microphone. <laughs> I just whacked my chin with it. <laughs> I'm sorry, That's folks. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're going to talk about barbecue and picnic season and how we can have, she's still cracking herself up over there, how we can have healthier, more sustainable and thoughtful and fun and yummy. And you know, these aren't difficult rocket science ideas, folks. This is stuff that just, you just have to think it through for five minutes and it'll be something small that you can do to reduce your carbon footprint. Now, one of the first things I want to say is I want to mention our uh, wonderful sponsor, buygreen.com. Yeah. Because we love them. Seriously, we do. I'm not just being well, paid to say that, but I actually do. Well, because of what, yeah. they, what, what they do. But one of the products that they have that, that we thought we would just mention, um, and you can, you know, and then they have a variety of different products for summer picnicking and partying, but they have the bamboo dinnerware, and they have a party pack. And this bamboo stuff is so cool. They don't even have to chop down the bamboo plant, which is very renewable and easy. Yeah, I have bamboo floors in my house. But it's just the leaves and it's steam. There's no nasty chemicals, nothing. Right. And this stuff is so easy. And and if you've ever, I, I, I have had the opportunity to play with it. Yeah. 
and it is work. It's so much better than plastic. Oh, please, no paper. plastic. But you know, I, I know that it's meant to be like, you Bio, know, I, biodegradable. Well, it is biodegradable. Of course, yeah. it's biodegradable, and it's meant to be technically single use because I don't know if washing it because it's still natural, you can get everything off of it. Yeah, right, right, right. However, how, how porous is? That? However, yeah. I think you can get three or four uses out of it. I have gotten more than one yeah. out of the stuff that yeah. I've had. I think it's. I think that's a, a, something to think about as well. And you know, maybe you just dip it in some white vinegar and water, and you're golden. Yeah, it doesn't disintegrate that easily that no. you couldn't get a couple of uses out. I of it. I agree. I mean, I did go to one farm to table event. Yeah. And they had all bamboo. Yeah. And good for them. It was wonderful, but I still cringed. Throwing it right out. That it was so much of it was thrown away. Well, the thing is, it's not exactly cheap. I mean, exactly. <laughs> I'm okay spending a little extra money for something that is more sustainable. I mean, and I value that. That have a high value on that. Absolutely. But if I'm going to spend, you know, that much money, I'm like, eh, I'm going to get a couple uses I out of it. I can use it. Yeah. It's either the bamboo, and not to take away from uh, buygreen.com because I do love that site. What I did, and I did this. I hate to, I hate to date myself, but I've, I've been doing this for 25, almost 30 years. Going to garage sales, and oh, if yeah. they have yeah. mm -hmm. flatware that's all different sizes and designs, and I have been buying it for years, so much so that I don't have to buy any more. I mean, I've actually been able to cater a party yeah. for yeah. over 100 people. But sometimes if you're outside, it's heavy, it's, it's breakable. Well, you don't want to carry a, it with yeah, you. Yeah, I yeah. did this uh, backside lake yard, uh, lake, backyard lakeside oh, party yeah, for my yeah, dad, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was all china plates that I borrowed. And nothing was thrown away. Nothing was, was maybe, did I have napkins that are paper? I don't remember. But I put those in the compost anyway. So I, it was as low waste as I could possibly make it. Well, and I think it. that's just part of what we have to start thinking about is minimizing the throwaway waste. Because usually it's garbage bags full of things. Oh, gosh. Now at least we can recycle if you have, you know, soda or beer or whatever in bottles. Um, but... You know, so we have to just start thinking more. Now, right. then there's, of course, the idea of the food we choose, yes. right? With local, organic, sustainable, as much as possible. But, you know, there's the whole concept of, does it have to be all meat? Every picnic, every barbecue? Uh, like, well, you we're know. We're vegans over here. Uh, well, we're I vegetarian, know. at least. Well, I, I, I know, but it's like that, I'm American. I want my beef and potatoes with my beer. But I did a post, and, and you all can go to it at thegreendivas.com. That's um, twice, by the way. I know. Um Anyway, it's it's about ten different recipes for a, a yummy and and some of it really um, any any because Wayne was a real meat eater guy and that, and now he's very happy to have a lot of the food that we cook on the grill is and is not meat and it's delicious yeah whether it's the portobello mushroom or the barbecued corn or um, I all just kinds had of that yesterday things. don't you love barbecue oh and corn? grilled veggies and I have extra yeah. grill and yesterday yesterday we had I made a lot of grilled veg veggies I have leftover. I'm going to put them with a little olive oil and garlic and throw them right in a big plate of pasta. And one of the things I love is, like, if you go to Meatless Monday, because they've done so much homework for us yes. to explain the, you know, the health reasons why it's better to eat less meat and also the environmental benefits. Well, you so know, if you're I... going to eat greener, you do have to think about reducing, at least reducing. I'm not saying you have to be a vegan or you have to be a vegetarian. I'm just saying... Reducing is healthy anyway. Get, get, you know, get, Think about get yourself creative. and the environment. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I like what Marielle Hemingway said, that uh, Bobby yeah. 
is a meat eater. Her Bobby Williams is boyfriend. her her guy is a meat eater. Yeah, but they go to right. They buy the buffalo, right. which is grass fed, happy. Yeah, buffalo but I, and I don't know how you can slaughter happy happily, but it. I, I know. mean, whatever. That's kind of an oxymoron to me. But they are humanely slaughtered. Is that see that humanely, such a humanely dispatched? Such, such a no. The oxymoron is that what it is? Humanely dispatched. Where, yeah. are they, where are they going? <laughs> right. Dispatch to. Hello, this is dispatch to Buffalo 875. Could you please go to the corral? See, I, again, I would rather spend more money on eating a really, you know, uh, healthy, organic, grass-fed, you know, pasture, uh, you know, cows out inside. 100%. Uh, that I know what, that were humanely treated throughout their lives and hopefully dispatched thusly. I would rather spend more money and have a small amount of that. Than buy, you know, this corporate sort of agriculture, you GMO know. stuff. Uh, yeah. And uh, not yeah, so, so like, GMO or, or, yeah. or, or hormone filled stuff. Yeah. All of it. Yeah. All of it. A lot of antibiotics. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what one of my pet peeves is about these summertime barbecues? A peeve? Oh my gosh, this drives me crazy. And I, you know, I have had to stop myself from going up to people. One of the things I despise the most. I despise the most. You don't like it, I guess. Oh, you know, and I don't like to use the word hate. Okay. But this is right up there. Despicable. It's just despicable. It is. <laughs> or as Sylvester the cat would say, yeah. despicable. <laughs> Did that come through weird? I don't know. <laughs> I felt the spray over here. Yeah, okay. No sorry. I'm sitting right across from you, Megan. <laughs> but I, I just despise those single-use, throw-em-away, plastic... Thin plastic tablecloths. You get them in all colors. You can buy them by the roll, whatever. They blow away anyway. They're plastic. You can reuse it as a drop cloth, but nobody ever thinks about doing that. Um, People just roll them up and throw them away. They just kind of like, yeah. It is like a colossal, annoying waste. Now, you know, Eco Karen, one of our green sisters from the Green Sisterhood, EcoKaren.com, I think she just did a post this week on how to make your own, how how to waterproof, you know, like a, a piece of fabric. So you what? take any piece of fabric, okay. waterproof it, and, right. you know, use it as a picnic um, blanket or tablecloth if you're out, you know. So but I, wait a minute. Hold on a second. How, why does it have to be waterproof if you're taking it outdoors? Because if it's raining, uh, you're talking about food stains and stuff like that? Maybe, yeah. It makes it a little easier to clean and All whatever because right. we're messy. There's ketchup. There's mustard. Oy. I mean, you know. And the horse radish. You're eating hot dogs or ter- tofu dogs. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Not... In Whatever. a million years, Megan. Yeah, yeah. I, they're not that bad, but I just gave up altogether. I haven't I had a hot dog in 30 years. Really? Yeah, yeah. I see. And I limit myself to two a summer. Not so much for the hot dog. It's because I just love the, the mustard, yeah. the relish, oh. and the sauerkraut. No, no, no. My mama taught me you chop up like tiny, tiny chopped uh, uh, onion. Yeah. Oh, it's like this onion, all this chopped up onion and relish and ketchup. Yeah, it's like killer stuff. Yeah, I agree. So that that's why I limit myself to two because <laughs> otherwise, first of all, it doesn't react well with my gut. Right, I really right, get right. some some hot dog repeat there. <laughs> you get to enjoy it more than once. More than once, although I can't say that the second time it's quite as much fun. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. It's <laughs> <Not> like just... <laughs> Like I had a bad burrito, you know. The repeating hot dog. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, we'll the dog that keeps that. on barking. 
That's pretty good. Okay, what's going on with that? that you heard good. it here first, people. <laughs> the dog that keeps on barking. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. All right. So anyway. So that's that. And again, the, the, the green, green, uh, no, buygreen.com has other stuff, too. That is uh, good oh, for picnics and plates you know, and cups and they have a whole everything. bunch of stuff for summer and and a whole variety of these bamboo products yeah. that are reusable or or if you're going to be disposable at least it's made from material that's not it's biodegradable mm-hmm. it's not plastic you see it's the, not killing trees the Asians had a good they've been making chopsticks out of bamboo for eons yeah eons yeah bamboo we should have been paying attention bamboozle. So, um, anyway, yeah, yeah buygreen.com's got all kind of stuff. But I, I was going to just talk about, go ahead. No, I was going to, I, as part, I, well, we had talked about it before the show, gas versus charcoal. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which yeah, is you huge. did a little homework on that. I did homework about yeah, this. Yeah. So I asked Meg, I said, what do you think? Charcoal or, or gas or natural gas propane, which is greener? My my instinct was gas, but I didn't know why. Because you have a gas grill, that's why you're yeah, praying. Please, that's God. what it was. Please, please, God, <laughs> let it be that. So I'm not a bad green diva. <laughs> yes, it is. In effect, the gas grill is greener uh, well, for many reasons. Well, partially, I just think charcoal is just you know. Well, it's made from waste wood and it's treated with chemicals, charcoal briquettes. Yeah. Now the charcoal wood is better than the briquettes. However, if it is not produced in a sustainable way, you will have forests being cut down left, right, and center and, not, and no trees being replanted, oh. which is an issue. Plus, the emissions from carbon are yeah. worse as far as carbon monoxide. And it generally has VOCs, right? Correct. It creates yeah. VOCs. Exactly right. right. Now, the other side, while pro- propane is better, yeah. it's not necessarily perfect. Yeah. Yes, right. you take the propane tanks and they're refilled, so yeah. that's sustainable. Yeah, we do that. mm-hmm. However, to get that propane, we now have that whole issue of fracking. Now, they haven't always been fracking. No, you know, so. no, fracking is a new thing, but yeah. if that's how we're going to be getting yeah, our propane, then, then that's not a good we thing, need yeah. to think about that, right? So I want to call my company and say, you know, so where do you get your gas from? Uh, right? Is that what I got to do? Well, that's, but you know, yeah, you do, but it, yeah, yeah, that's going to, that's going to lead you down a very interesting, interesting trail. trail. Yeah. Well, because they've got their PR answers. You know how that works. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know what I do? <laughs> I'm the Girl Scout. Well, I won't tell them I'm a green diva. I'll just pretend I'm a, you know, like No, a, no, 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 I, I, no, no. When I do, <laughs> I have some briquettes because I've always had briquettes. Oh, plus it's not healthy for you to be eating off of those, like the smoke. Yeah, You're right. taking that in as well. No, I, I just, and I don't know how healthy this is. I know it's green, but I have uh, an acre of ha- and half of woods behind my house. And there's a lot of dead trees, especially with the storms we've had in New Jersey for the last two years, right? Yeah. yeah. I just go out and I just make uh, a wood burning wood, wood, right? And from fallen, from wood. fallen. Yeah. Well, it has to be fallen because yeah, otherwise yeah. it's green and won't burn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, oh, plus charcoal. If you use fire starter, forget about it. You're just poisoning yourself. And then, of course, you can be like Ed Begley and have a solar oven. <gasps> I know. And, you know, I, I, I would love to try one of these things. It's not the same They're as that grilling They're only 300 bucks. Yeah. If you're going to buy a, a, a fancy schmancy, you yeah. know, impress the neighbor's gas grill, you can buy a solar oven for a quarter of the price. But, the, but, but can you grill? Can you get that grill flavor from I think you can broil. Maybe oven? you can broil. Okay. I don't know. But you know what? I there are can, some websites, and I'm going to have to look into brownies, this. can brownies, I know. <coughs> Uh-oh. You better talk. Yeah, no, no brownies for you, girl. 
Oh, well, it depends <laughs> on what type of brownies. Oh, no, I'm kidding. I never did That's that. That's right, yeah. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, no, no. They had, and, and there was a website, but I can't seem to find it on how to make your own solar yeah. oven. Can yeah. you, that would well, be cool. With all this heat, with all this heat, I saw a post about some folks in Arizona where it was like 120 degrees. There's a lot of sun there, though. Not as much smog. Remember that. <laughs> yeah. But they, they took a car dashboard, and they put aluminum foil on it, and then they took a, um, you know, a, a cookie sheet with a bunch of cookie dough, put it in the window underneath the aluminum foil... And they baked cookies. I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. Seriously? Yeah, that harkens back to uh, putting the egg on the blacktop. Yeah. That well, works. You, you know, know, they're having a serious, serious heat wave I in, know. you know, uh, that, that southwest. southwest. Yes. Yeah. yes. And, uh, San Death Diego Valley, and- Death Valley the, the highest recorded temperature there was 134 degrees, highest temperature ever recorded on Earth since we've been recording. Right. Yesterday or the day before, we were at 129 down there. So we are fast approaching that record. But, but it's maintaining. Know. See, the thing is, it's not just like a day. They are having a, a, a sort of string of really, yeah. really hundred hot, plus which is dangerous for days. all these fires. Colorado was burning. Oh, and but we, and you heard what happened in Colorado? We lost 19 firefighters. Oh my God! You didn't hear this? Yes, I did. I forgot. 19 hotspot. They're hotshot workers. It's horrible. They found 19 bodies. There hasn't been that big of a loss no, since 9/11 no, in one day. That's agreed. just horrible. And they all had deployed their fire safety I know, bags, I know. and they did not survive. That's really upsetting. And, well, we have to wrap up on okay. that that cheery note. But I, my heart goes out to the families and those guys who work so hard in that danger. Uh, agreed, hundred percent. And you know what? We're going to need more of them because um, this this is not going away. No, there are one hundred and fifty teams deployed in the U.S. God uh, bless them all, all of them, we absolutely. All right. All right. Which means really stay safe with your fire out there when you're barbecuing. You know, there. That's a that's a nice segue right there. Rob Hopkins coming up. Stay tuned. I want Green Diva Nails without all the nasty toxic chemicals. I've got the solution. I just tried this G2 Organics non-toxic odor-free nail polish and remover. Did I mention odor-free? Look at my gorgeous toes. And you should see the colors. The colors are great. And the best part? Each one comes with its cool little touch-up tube. And I guess since it doesn't smell, you can whip it out anywhere. The touch-up tube, I mean. Find out more at G2Organics.com. So excited to talk to um, Rob Hopkins today, who's, um, I've seen his title as permaculture educator, which I think is cool, and we're going to ask him about that, but he's the founder of Transition Movement, the Transition Movement, which is Transition Towns here in the U.S., Right. Um, and he's got some other exciting stuff to talk to us about. So, Rob, are you there on the line? I am. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi, Rob. You know, and he sounds so clear all the way from the U.K. Well, it's nice of you to call in. And as Megan says, you founded the transition movement. But I think in order to understand that better, you need to define for us in very layman's terms, because some of the definitions can be a little convoluted, what is permaculture? Exactly. When I say permaculture, how do I explain it to people and how does it relate to the transition movement? Okay, well, that's a good question. Yeah, I, permaculture is is, is what, I, what I was doing before I got in, uh, before I started stuff up around transition. So permaculture is my sort of background, I guess. And permaculture is always one of those things that's relatively tricky just to explain. If someone asks you in the pub what permaculture is, <laughs> you normally need to get out a flip chart and pens and start drawing pictures. Of you got to put the pints yeah, aside. I was going to say, <laughs> no, you have to get an extra pint. 
<laughs> exactly, yeah. Uh, so, but I, the way I like to think of it is that when we think about designing uh, a kind of sustainable community or a sustainable farm or something that we want to be a sustainable thing, uh, there are lots of different elements to that, and we put those things together in different ways. And permaculture is really what I think of it as a design glue for how you stick those things together as effectively oh, as possible. I like that. If yeah. you've got, uh, you know, it, it's, it's sometimes called the science of maximizing beneficial relationships. So you look at the needs and the outputs of all the different things, and you basically join them up in the most efficient way possible so that it does things that you need it to do. And it goes beyond, I'm sorry, Rob. Okay, and it goes beyond sustainability. At least that's what what I've been known about, what I've known about permaculture. It's sustainable, but it goes beyond it somehow. Yeah, that term comes from a book that David Holmgren wrote, which I think is one of the great works of genius of this century. And uh, yeah, he basically argues that uh, sustainability is a bit of a duff word, really because it implies that we're just going to be able to carry on in a sort of a, we get to a stage where we can just carry on steadily. And he said, actually, what we need to be designing for is, is shocks and turbulence, and that permaculture is a really great set of design principles for doing that, that you can apply on any scale, in, into a, from a window box to a farm to a city. Uh, it's quite brilliant. But I think for me, the challenge that I had when I started um, Transition was that I was I was confronted by these enormous issues of peak oil and climate change, and I was grounded for many years in teaching permaculture and doing permaculture in practice. But then when I looked around at the permaculture movement, it still seemed all quite small, and actually kind of quite happy to be small and quite happy to be alternative. And I felt we needed a way that we could get those principles to scale up very quickly. So in transition, we've kind of built a Trojan horse we could stuff permaculture principles in and wheel them past people and they'd all go, oh, look, a nice wooden horse. Uh, <laughs> like that. Figure out what it all is. Yeah. Yeah. Or a giant bunny if it's Monty Python. Now, um, I'm, I'm digressing. Now, <laughs> so it started with the Conseil Energy Descent Action Plan. Is that correct? With, with, with Where you were teaching in Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, I was teaching in a college and, uh, and I didn't have a tele- I didn't have a DVD player. And someone had given me a copy of this film called The End of Suburbia that was from the U.S. And, uh, and so and I really wanted to watch it. So I thought, well, I'll watch it with my students. And it's the most fantastic film about peak oil. And it's quite kind of, it's very hard-hitting and quite life sort of jangling. And, uh, and so then I, over time what happened was then I set my students a project to try and work out and design um, kind of a pathway by which uh, the town could wean itself off oil dependency over 20 years. What would that look like? Because at that time, when you went online and looked at response to peak oil, all you could find was great big hairy men up in the mountains in the <laughs> parts of the U.S. Right, right, right. up into the hills with four years' worth of toilet paper, baked Dre- beans, and shop. No, they use skunk cabbage leaves. Come on, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dreadlocks. We can do better than this. I thought we need a response, which is a compassionate response. Um, which is about bringing us closer together rather than fragmenting us all apart. So that was really the inquiry that led to the Conseil Energy Descent Action Plan. It was really just a student project, which we put online for people to look at, and it was just downloaded many, many thousands of times. Wow, it's like, writing, it's like writing that idea on a napkin and making it flourish kind of a thing almost. Well, and it's like a yeah. template. It, it, has it become somewhat of a template or a boilerplate that can be replicated and scaled, as you say? 
Yeah, kind of, kind of. I mean, there's quite a few places have done them. I think what was the stronger thing that came through it was that spirit of the way that we're going to find a way through this is by working with each other and coming together. Right. There was a kind of a way of thinking in there that actually was the thing that that, that, that really took off. Um, a sort of a creative spark, I think, which was what which was what people really picked up on, rather than we must do an energy descent plan just like Kinsale's. Yeah. Now taking that structure, that boilerplate, you've now you're now doing transition Thursdays, and you are going from town to town. Tell us about that. I'm just really trying to picture how you present this and to whom, and then how is it then um, put into action? Implemented. Yeah. yeah. So, so we started, so I moved uh, from Ireland to, to the UK in 2005 to this beautiful market town I live called Totnes. And, uh, and in Totnes, we started a process which uh, wasn't called Transition Town to start with, but it, it was, that's what it later became known as. And that has since spread all around the world to 43 countries. There are thousands of transition projects from favelas in, in, in Brazil to townships in South Africa to Italy to Australia. It's been really quite extraordinary. And congratulations um, on that. Look what you did. Sorry? I said, and congratulations for that. Look what you well, did. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's been amazing. And um, and. So, you know, I'm, I'm quite involved with the stuff that happens here in Totnes, but I'm also involved with, with, other, with, with more of the sort of supporting it internationally. And the book that we've just written called The, the Power of Just Doing Stuff was really kind of written as a, a very accessible layman's introduction to what this is all about and why it's exciting and why people do it and speaking to people in Portugal and Spain and Australia and wherever and about their projects and why they do them. And, uh, and as part of the, the kind of promotion of it, we're doing these Transition Thursdays. So for every Thursday from the middle of June to the end of July, Which is why uh, we I'm going to a different place in the UK and doing a talk and meeting the groups and having different events, different kind of launch events there. Well, you answered my question because I was going to say, are you traveling out to all these other places or are they essentially coming to the UK? Um well, I go to, uh, I generally, I haven't flown for six years as a very intentional part of, of um, trying to put this stuff into practice. Wow. Good for you. Um, Good for you. And um, so we, this international network of 43 countries has largely emerged through being supported by Skype and the internet and sending talks out on DVDs and that kind of thing. Um, very cool. And so these Transition Thursdays are all kind of UK focused um yeah but, that, but they're but is there they're very different they're in very different parts of the country i was in sheffield last weekend which is very sort of like a steel very quite an industrial sort of city right. and then i'm going to a very rural place next week and what's nice is as well that a lot of those places are <coughs> coming coming up with quite playful thinking around how do you launch a book so one place called worthing in sussex they've actually built a little boat and they're going to send a copy of, literally launch a copy of the book out into the sea. Oh, cool, like so a message in a bottle boat. kind of a thing? Message yeah, in a boat. Like a little model boat. Yeah. Oh, I love that. I hope That's I get cool. it. <laughs> I'm going to be uh, on the shores of Staten Island. Get the boat. <laughs> <laughs> and then one place I'm going to, they are, the, some of the people who've, who are organizing it own a recording studio. And, 
and they've recorded some funky backing track, and I've got to go and read passages <laughs> out of the book over the top. Very good. That is <laughs> so fun. It's all very bizarre, sort of creativity that goes on. But it's Boy. very exciting, and it's been very well received so far. Well, and that's that's the beauty of it is you have so many different people uh, with their ideas coming together, and what what you know how much exciting creativity comes out of that. Now, um, so I also like because. It is sort of replicable, and you're not married to having you do it all. You have now transitioned U.S., so there's obviously other people here, because you don't fly here, that, that sort of take this message and run with it. And then one of our Green Diva correspondents is in, I wish I could remember the name of the island, in Vancouver. Van- it's Vancouver Island. No, no, she's in oh, it's a, a different one? Salt. Oh, Salt Spring Island. Thank oh. you. Thank you. You knew he'd know. And she is really into heading up this this um, you know this project, the transition project on her island. Fabulous! Yeah, yeah, it is yeah. Good. no, it's it's been really interesting to see the spread of transition in in the U.S. I think there's a couple of hundred now, and transitionus.org are, are doing a very good job of uh, sort of you know networking what's happening across the U.S. So, Rob, well, here's I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say one of the things that's been very interesting is to see that that, that idea of a, a national sort of transition hub organization has really taken off. So there's about 16 of them, I think, around the world now. There's Transition Italy, Transition Germany, uh, and Transition US is one of the best of those. Oh, is it really? Doing that. You yeah. know what? Because that was my next question, Rob. You're all over the world, and you've obviously got people who are carrying the torch in different parts of the world. Have you found that certain countries, certain certain cultures adopt this, I'll call it philosophy for lack of a better word, over other countries? I, I'm thinking that if the U.S. is doing it well, um, that's a good thing. But I'm also thinking that the U.S. as a society, and I'm painting with a broad brush here, would be more resistant because we are such a wasteful society. And again, I'm speaking with a broad brush. Um, I think I think in the U.S., Transition has has there's lots of there's lots of initiatives. I don't know that I don't know of many that have that have um, gone quite as deep in terms of what they've set up as some of the projects here. You know, here we have uh, a couple of sort of citywide local currencies that are very successful. We have some fantastic community renewables projects, uh, some big local food projects, um, and I'm not sure that there's quite the same. But I think. Um, well, the, the beauty of transition for me is that it's something which is not like a Coca-Cola franchise. You know, it's something which, uh, although the ideas originated initially from Ireland and then from, from, from England, when they, wherever they pop up, they feel like they pop up from that place. So right. transition in Brazil is a Brazilian thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have ways of teaching transition in Brazilian. They have ways of teaching transition in the favelas to people who can't read. Uh, you know, in each place that it goes, it is of that place and is and is distinctly different. It's still recognizably transition, but it's transition from that place. And that's one of the things that, for me, is most most sort of endlessly fascinating. It is what it looks like in each place. Well, and I I think that localization is so important, and that is going to be important um, in transitioning to a more sustainable culture. Well, what, what, what right? I was thinking is that they're utilizing permaculture yeah, yeah. in their backyard to create the transition as it applies to so them. So probably certain elements that are basic elements, and then you, they're localized with whatever is right. you know, most appropriate for that region. But one of my, yeah. next, my next question 
yes, thank you. For, I'm talking too much. Um, <laughs> my I'm like didn't even get get the give the guy a chance to answer. I'm very excited. But the next question I had was about communicating and sharing and sharing ideas amongst the different transition communities you have. Yeah, I guess. Um, I mean, I think something like transition is something that wouldn't really have been possible before before the internet. Um, and you know, the, the 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 moment that where I was really struck personally with the potential of all this was when we'd been doing transition for about six months here in Tottenham. There wasn't even a book out or anything. There was just a few things online and blogs and stuff. And I saw on YouTube a video of a woman in New Zealand in a in, in a village hall in New Zealand giving a, a presentation with slides to her community about transition and why they should do transition. And she'd got it. She'd completely got it. Nice. And I thought, this is extraordinary. I've never met her. I've never spoken to her. I've never written to her. This is really quite amazing. She took what you and, laid uh, out and ran and, with it. And I think a lot of my role in transition is really about um, kind of telling stories and speaking to people in different places. That's really what sort of inspires people and keeps them going is hearing the stories of what people are doing all around the world and the practical bits of it. How did you do that? You know, yeah. joining people up. And uh, because the beauty of transition, I think, is, is, is it's really the bit in the middle. You know, we sit and we look at these enormous challenges of the end of the age of cheap energy and climate change and the economic problems and so on. And it's all too easy to just think they're just too huge. How can, on earth can I do anything that's proportionate to that? But So then there's the things we can do as individuals, changing our light bulbs and buying a better car and stuff. And there's all the things that the government needs to do. But there's the bit in the middle, which is what we can do when we can get together with the people on our streets, the people right. around us, uh, the people in our community. And that's a very, very sort of barely tapped resource at this stage. But the potential of it is just enormous. Oh, it's a very powerful resource. And I want to just say that I, 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 just talking to you in this brief time, it's clear you're an educator and you're very articulate and you're speaking from your experience and your passion. And that is compelling. And that's what you've got other people doing, you know, sharing their experience with each other and, and with other communities. And I feel like that is one of the most powerful ways to storytell and learn. And I'm so grateful that you're doing it. It's addictive, I guess. You know, it really is. So thank you, for sure. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, and, uh, yeah, if people want to find out any more, have a look at transitionus.org. There's all kinds of resources on there for, for people. And, and the you, I'm sorry, the power of just doing stuff. That book is out already? Yeah, I was just it's about to say. It's out already. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's fantastic. You'll love it. The, <laughs> the power of just doing stuff. And is that uh, written by you? It is. All right. And it's quite... And it's quite uh, it's, uh, it's a kind of a back, it's a, what do you call it, like a, a back pocket book that can give you a kick up the backside at the same time, is the idea. It's kind of quite small and uh, just should fit in your back pocket, but there's lots in it. It's oh, a little uh, pocket guide, like when you go birding, you put it in the back <laughs> of your yeah, pie and you just pull it out when you need the reference. Good, I so like if, that. So if, if the boat doesn't like, you know, float up on your shore full of these wonderful books, you've got to go find it. We'll, we'll post all of this on our website. And Rob, I thank you so much for taking the time to give us a call today and uh, continued success my friend honestly look what you did i'm very thank i'm you. very excited thank you very much and, I'm, and my life is also enhanced for knowing that there are 
Green Divas doing the wonderful work that you do. <laughs> and you nobody does it quite as well as we, Rob. <laughs> Sorry to say that, but we do it very well. In all, in all humility there, Mizar. <laughs> Listen, I beat you to it because you I know you I would know. have said it, right? Uh, <laughs> Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Take Thank it you. Easy. All the best. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> that was fun. It was. You know what I, I, I and I, I would never ask him how old he is, but, uh, and I haven't seen a picture of him yet, but I keep thinking, um, he sounds extremely young, which then to me says genius. Yeah. Yeah. And if he's older and, and that's, you know, that's by everybody's he's decision. Well, preserved. well <laughs> not so much well-preserved, but the experience is obvious. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's taken what he's learned and he's sort of disseminating it which is wonderful, but he sounds so young that it's like, wow, you know? Well, and, and I, I really mean it. I think the beauty of why, you know, he kept talking about the beauty of it, but, but for me, the, it's that sharing the very practical experience. This is what we did. This is what worked. This isn't what didn't. And that is so compelling because that's what people want to know. Yeah. I mean, I can, you know, listen to a lecture of all the reasons why I should get involved with my community to do stuff. Right. But if you tell me, hey, this is what we did. We had a potluck dinner and we yeah. had a bunch of people together and we we watched a slideshow and right. we got excited and called our town and said, let's do this. And you say, that's not going to work for us, but right. here's an idea that'll work for us here um, if the potluck dinner doesn't work, you're just going to yeah. springboard. Works, One thing right. leads to another. you got to love that. Yeah. It's like a spider web. Well, so I'm inspired, and maybe maybe I'll be inspired to do something with my town. You never know. Well, Bootin's a great start because really there's some is. very um, intense people in this little town here. I love my town. You know you do. Listen, <laughs> it's 4th of July. You'll be listening to this on 4th of July. <laughs> We're recording it not on 4th of July, but you don't know that. So Now you do. Now do. No, we'll probably say it up front. Anyway, I hope everybody has a safe, wonderful, green, and happy 4th of Please. July. Bye-bye. <laughs> You've been listening to the Green Divas Radio Show. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, follow them on Facebook and Twitter, and don't forget to visit the blog at thegreendivas.com. That's T-H-E, greendivas.com. And remember to share the good green news with friends and family.